Good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate our epic band leading us in worship this morning. You're going to see things a little bit different this morning. Actually, we have a special guest speaker all the way from Andrews, North Carolina, from Snowbird. Now, it's good to have Josh, one of our own, is going to be speaking this morning. Josh Suggs, we'll be praying for him. Uh, and also, Rachel Sweetser. Are you here, too? Where's Rachel? Okay, right over here. We have two that are uh, year-round interns this year at Snowbird. It's bittersweet for us because selfishly we would like to have them here with us. Uh, but we also know they're serving the Lord out there, so we're glad that they're doing that. But you'd be uh, praying for them. If you, if you know Rachel, get by and see her and say hello. You snuck in behind me. I didn't even see you come in. Anyway, great to have you this morning. And friends, too, from Snowbird. It's good to know that you have friends from Snowbird. <laughs> kidding. Uh, please be in prayer, too, for our pastor. He is away to see his grandson for his first birthday, so he's celebrating that. Also, Connie's birthday was this weekend. And then Jonathan uh, knew that Epic would be here, so he found an opportunity to take a weekend with his family. So be praying for both them, that God will bring them back to us safely. Uh, but we're glad that you're here this morning. We do want to mention, if you are a guest, there's a care card. They're located there in the pew rack in front of you. Please fill in your information. Uh, we want to at least send you something from our church and thank you for being with us in worship. 
And then on the back of the care card for everyone is a place to fill in prayer requests. If you have a prayer need, uh, we want to know about that. As you leave today, uh, those cards, you can place those in the boxes on the round tables today as you leave. And uh, we'll make sure they get to the right people and that we're praying for you and know what's going on in your life. So, again, thank you for being with us. Uh, last week, let me, let me say first, too, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 10 and have that ready in your Bible for just a, in just a minute to read our scripture this morning, you could be turning there. Uh, last week, we kicked off our Operation Christmas Child campaign. And I want to encourage you to go by the desk this morning in the lobby. You can pick up one of the empty boxes there to fill if you want to take one or two of those. And then also there are places for you to fill in as a volunteer during our collection week. And Ms. Shannon is back there to help you and assist you if you have, if you have any questions uh, to begin uh, filling out those forms to volunteer. We're getting a lot of volunteers this year uh, being a, an access point uh, or a drop-off point. So please help us out with that. Uh, we started our discipleship training classes last Sunday evening. Uh, we are meeting this week, but we've moved it back an hour to 4 o'clock. So if you're in one of those classes, please be sure to be here at 4 instead of 5. That's so we can be finished before the race lets out. The race should let out around 6, and so we should be way ahead of that traffic. And so we want to try to make that convenient for you. So it's this week at 4 o'clock if you'll be here for that. And don't forget about Mission in Action Sunday. On October the 24th, Bill and Becky Little, uh, the missionaries that are uh, from Alaska, will be here uh, with us. There will be pictures and testimonies from recent mission trips. And then also we'll take up a special Harvest Missions offering. All of those uh, funds go to help send out missionaries from our church, uh, whether it be back to Alaska or other places, Malawi, places that we're going. And so that helps subsidize some of those trips uh, for them. Also, in Encourage Her Mentoring Ministry is coming up. That's, that pairs young ladies with more mature ladies in our church. And there's info uh, information at the info desk. The deadline for that is October the 24th to sign up for that. So I want to encourage you to go by and do that. And don't forget about Trunk or Treat. That's Wednesday, October 27th. Uh, community groups are hopefully going to be uh, bringing their cars over, decorated. There will be a prize for the best decorated trunk. And I hope to win that epic. We got to get on that, right? We hope we're going to do two cars, and we want to take home the prize. So we have bragging rights. So anyway, uh, and then also friendly neighbors. Don't forget about that. That's this Tuesday at 11:30. That is down in the core gym, and that's always great food and a great time down there. So uh, if you would uh, look at Luke chapter nine, and we'll begin reading in verse 57. If you'd like to follow along. It says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. God, we come before you this morning and we just pray that this service, uh, most of all, would be pleasing to you, God. That through the worship, through the message that uh, Josh has prepared this morning uh, through our giving, 
through our fellowship, God, that all of it would honor and glorify your name. God, we know there are a lot of needs uh, that are represented in this room this morning. God, even right now, in the silence of our heart, we pray and ask you for wisdom in those situations. There are people who are sick, who are still dealing with COVID. God, we pray you'd be with them. We pray for our country. God, for the leaders and that you'd give them wisdom and they would lean into you, God, for the answers that we so desperately need. God, we pray for Pastor and Miss Connie as their way and Jonathan and Laura as they're spending time also with family. God, that you give them a great time together, that you uh, help them to, to be rested and be able to come home refreshed and just give them safety as they travel, God. Be with those who are traveling back to Snowbird today. We, we're so glad to have some of them home. Uh, to spend time with their family and friends to come along and be here. God, we pray that you'd be with them, and we pray that you'd continue to bless Snowbird and those that are working there and reaching out to young people and people from all ages, God, as they have marriage retreat and uh, men's retreats and ladies' retreats, God, even planned soon. We pray you'd be with those. And we pray for our youth as they leave Friday to go up for a youth retreat over the weekend, God, that you'd work in them and give them safety as they go. God, just give us a great day today. We thank you for all you do for us and all of God's people said.
Even when I don't feel it, you're working. 
church. You guys can be seated. Uh, this morning we're going to be reading out of John chapter 12. Uh, we'll be reading verses 24 through 26 this morning. And before I start, I just want to say uh, thank you uh, for those of you who have been praying for me and my partners at Snowbird over these past two months. And we really appreciate those prayers. And I just want to say um, thank you for praying for the students as well. Um, and I would ask you that you would continue praying for the students who will be coming to Snowbird over the next 10 months and that the Lord would change their hearts and that the Lord would convict them of their sin and they would bow to the Lordship of Jesus. Um, I'm also thankful that I've been asked to come back this morning. Thank you, Kevin. Um, and I really do appreciate this opportunity to preach again this morning. And with that, would you please stand for the reading of God's word, John chapter 12, verses 24 through 26. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will be my servant also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you have brought us here this morning to worship you, God, and um, we thank you for the cross and the redeeming work that was completed at Calvary for our sake, if we believe in your name, Lord. Um, I pray that if there's anyone in this room, God, who does not have a personal relationship with you, that you would open their eyes to see and their ears to hear the truths of the gospel, God. Uh, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross and give me clarity of word and boldness to preach Christ. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. A few months ago, Kevin Knight texted me 
and asked me if I could fill in, him, fill in for him on a Wednesday night. And so I told him I would. And immediately when I was asked to go and teach the youth, I felt the Lord calling me to this passage of Scripture. In preparation for this morning, I had planned on teaching out of 2 Timothy chapter 2. But again, I felt the Lord calling me back to this passage. This passage of Scripture is short, but it is heavy with application. So this morning, as we go through it, I want you to count the cost. Even if you're a believer, reflect on what following Jesus has cost you and what it will cost you. Ask yourselves this morning, would you be willing to give it all up for Jesus? Would you be willing to give up your comfortability? Would you be willing to give up your material items? Would you be willing to give up your life? Jesus, in the eyes of the world, seemed to say some crazy things. Things that were counterculture for the time that he was in. And things that are very countercultural in today's worldly standards. But the things that Jesus said, if we follow them, they will set us free. I promise you that his words will lead you to eternal life. And I hope that you will think in the same way that Paul did when he said in Philippians chapter 3, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I hope everyone in this room can see that there is nothing in this world that will ever surpass the worth of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. Before we go into verse 24, I just want to back up one more verse and back up into verse 23 when Jesus tells his disciples that the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. The disciples knew that the only way to glorification was by death. For Jesus, when he said that the hour has come, that meant the time of his crucifixion at which his saving work is accomplished and his atoning death on the cross. Jesus was telling his disciples that he had to die. But this must have been a shock to the disciples. Considering just a few verses above that, Jesus had just entered Jerusalem riding in on the back of a donkey, fulfilling Old Testament prophecy from Zechariah that the king would enter in riding on a donkey. The disciples must have thought that Jesus was coming to set up his earthly reign here and now, but they missed the big point, that Jesus first had to come and die on behalf of us because of our sin. So when we go into verse 24, we know that Jesus is talking about himself. He's emphasizing the necessity of what he is about to say about his death, telling the disciples that his death has to happen. Verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Personally, I'm not much of an agriculture guy. Um, I don't know how to work a tractor. I don't know how to plow a field. I, I don't know how to use the tools um, that they do. But in my study of this passage, I learned what a grain of wheat does when it is put into the ground. And Jesus knows exactly what he is doing here when he uses wheat in this illustration. A grain of wheat, when it is put into the ground, it dies. It lies in the ground with no life. Until the third day, when you look at the ground and there's life, slowly the grain of wheat starts to grow out of the ground and it is alive. Jesus is hinting at his resurrection that will take place. 
Jesus says that a grain of wheat will fall into the earth and die. And we know that Jesus has fallen into the hands of men and died as a sacrifice for us. This shows that Jesus is the humble and personal God that deeply cares for each and every one of us, that he would die for us sinners while we were in rebellion against him. And because of his death, he will produce much fruit. Jesus chose a grain of wheat in his illustration because he knew what the key ingredient to bread was. It's wheat which turns into flour, which turns into bread. John 6, 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Bread has to be sifted. It has to be threshed, meaning that it's beaten. And bread's going to be pummeled, and then finally it'll be able to be put in the oven and baked and ready to be eaten. Compare what is done to bread, what was done to Jesus on our behalf. Jesus was beaten. He was mocked. He was scorned and he was killed. And finally, Jesus was raised. For bread to be proper food, it must go through the process of being pummeled. And for Jesus to be proper food for the faith of his people, he had to be pummeled as well. Romans 8, 16 through 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him. This is one of the costs of following Jesus, that we would suffer with him. Philippians 1.29, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. I want you to know that Christianity, true Christianity, is not an easy sell. We do not call people to a crown first. We call them to a cross. A cross that epitomizes suffering and shame. Humility and love. Humiliation and despair and then mercy and grace. See, there's a bad side of the cross that we are drawn to because we are the bad in the cross. It is our sin that sent Jesus to die. As followers of Jesus, you will not need to seek out suffering. It will come to you. This is why the Holy Spirit was promised to us, that he will be present with us in our suffering. People will mock you for your faith. You will be pressured by people to do something immoral. You will be pained by people in this life for your decision to follow Jesus. And you might even be, and soon enough here in America, be persecuted for your faith, like our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, in China, in Iran. It's a sad reality that we will face, but what a hope we have in Jesus. For we know that this life will not compare to what we will one day have when we are face to face in the presence of our Savior, who has already suffered on our behalf. So as Paul said in Colossians 1, let us rejoice in our suffering. 
Because if we are true followers of Christ, our suffering will only lead us closer to him. If we suffered apart from Christ, we could not bear it. When we suffer for him and with him, our communion means that even with him, even in our suffering, we will rejoice. A young Scottish woman named Margaret Maitland was drowned for her faith in Christ. Her persecutors bound her to a stake in the sea, hoping that Margaret would be terrified into renouncing Christ. And as the tide came in and the water rose up against her, they began to mock her and they asked her, Margaret, what do you see yonder? She replied, I see Christ suffering in the person of one of his saints. Margaret knew that Christ would be with her when her turn came. And that Jesus would never leave her or forsake her. And Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. Know this cost. That following Jesus will not be easy and it will be hard. And that it will lead to suffering in this life. But remember the price that was paid for you on the cross. The suffering that took place there. And hold fast in knowing that Jesus will be by your side through it all. Verse 25, John chapter 12. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. The person who loves their lives will lose it, physically and spiritually. The people Jesus is talking about here are the people who are living for the here and now on earth. These are the people who find pleasures of this earth as good. These people are the ones who love to indulge in their sins, who love their self-centeredness and their hopelessness. Matthew 6, 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Why would any of us want to build treasures on earth that will be destroyed? But the one who hates his life, he's not living for today. He is living his life out for eternity. This is the person who despises the sin that has separated them from God. He hates his flesh and the desires of it. This person is the one who longs for a glorious body in heaven where sin will no longer have effect in his life. And he will be in face-to-face communion with Jesus. This person knows the promise of what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 20. Lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. What Jesus is calling for in verse 25 is another cost that we must consider when following Jesus. Jesus is calling for self-denial. Are we willing to see ourselves as less and see Jesus as more? John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. And not only do we need to see Jesus as more important than ourselves, we must see others as better than ourselves. Philippians 2.3-4, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also 
to the interests of others. Humility is a mark of a Christian who is serving Jesus. And Jesus is our example of this humility. Philippians 2, just a few verses down from that in verse 6, this is what it says. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus, who is God, emptied himself from all heavenly glory to come and take on human flesh. And Jesus, when he took on human flesh, did not take the position of an earthly king as he had every right to do so. He took the position of a servant. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And not only did Jesus come to live as the lowest of servants, he chose to take on death as a ransom in our place. Not just any death, but a cursed death upon the cross. Jesus chose humility on our behalf, looking at the interests of ours and not his own. Therefore, he must increase in our lives daily, and we must decrease, being less than the king and everyone around us. That's true humility. Matthew 16, 24. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. When many hear Jesus' blunt command to deny yourself and take up your cross, they think that it means to be miserable and to take your little portion of happiness and trample on it. But I tell you that denying ourselves does not lead to misery. It leads us to find ourselves and our true worth in Christ Jesus. Denying yourself requires that we lay down the axe at the root of every tree that bears bad fruit in our lives. Every sin must be slain. Every part of me that does not reflect him must be renounced. And not just once, but daily. Every single day. Dietrich Bonhoeffer a German pastor who lived in the time of the Holocaust and who was killed by the Nazis says about this passage in Matthew 16. When Jesus calls us, he bids us to come and die. We must die to ourselves because it is what Jesus has told us to do. For we no longer live, but Jesus lives in us and he reigns in us. And we must die daily to ourselves so that Jesus can be glorified in our lives. Each morning when we rise, we take the call to deny ourselves and pick up our cross. We choose to no longer live for the things in this trivial world, but we now live as servants of Christ Jesus. Verse 26, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Have you decided to follow Jesus? And if you have, have you decided to serve him? It may seem like a simple question, but it's not. 
Lots of people say that they will follow Jesus, but it is not a following unless there is action behind it. In Luke 9, three people came to Jesus and said, I will follow you. I'm going to read what Kevin read earlier again, one time for us. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those in my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Three people said that they would follow Jesus, but then the road got hard. One turned away when he heard following Jesus would lead to having no home. Would you leave Jesus if the home that you lived in was taken away because you followed him? Another turned away when Jesus told him that he would have to leave his family. Would you turn away if it meant that you would have to leave your family to go serve Jesus? Or turn away if it meant that they, you would, they would have no communication with you? The last one just wanted to say bye to his family. But Jesus knew that discipleship takes precedence over everything in life. Would you give up Jesus because you couldn't leave that one thing behind you? Jesus says, no one who takes his hands off the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Have you put your hands to the plow and kept plowing on? Or have you looked back? And turned away from Jesus? Have you left it all behind in your pursuit of following him? Because I tell you this, the way of Jesus is much more rewarding than anything you could ever achieve here on earth. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. That means a full, wholehearted commitment to Jesus. This is another cost of following Jesus. That each and every day you will strive after him. Where you are going to pursue holiness and godliness each day. So that you can be conformed to the image of Jesus. Being sanctified to be made like him. Jesus is the only thing that will set you free. But I also want to say this. That we are all still human. And at times we will fail. But a mark of your free gift of salvation is that you will want to pursue Jesus and his ways every day, even when we fall short. So I warn you, don't take your hands off the plow. Don't neglect spending time with Jesus every single day. It is a part of denying yourself. It's a part of of following Jesus. Because how are you going to know Jesus if you aren't spending time with him? Are you in the word? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you studying it? 
Are you reading it? Hebrews 2.1. For this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. The writer of Hebrews appeals to us, telling us to pay attention to what we have heard so that we will not drift. At Snowbird, this has been a verse and a topic that we have discussed a lot about. They like to say up there that no one is going to drift towards holiness but drift towards sinfulness. And I know plenty of people, and I know lots of you know a lot of people who have walked away from the faith, who began a drift slowly, and then all of a sudden they were stuck in the current of all the things that the world had to offer. And they have now turned their backs, and they have now following the prince of the power of the air. It hurts to see people that you have labored beside say that they have nothing to do with Jesus anymore. It burdens me to see people who in high school said that they would follow Jesus and never turn back, actually turn back. And they go back into the dark ways of the world. It hurts to know that people who have had a big impact on my Christian walk have turned away. So I warn you, when the times get hard, when everyone around you turns away, do not take your hand off the plow because there is something greater at the end and his name is Jesus. Don't forget the promises that God has made to believers. And as the writer of Hebrews says, pay attention. Don't forget these things, that you have eternal life, Hebrews 9, 15 that you are a child of God, Romans 8, 14, that you have been adopted as one of God's own and can call him father, Romans 8, 15, that you are loved by God, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, that you have a purpose to fulfill in Christ, Ephesians 2, 10, that God cares for you when you are weak, 1 Peter 5, 7, that you are forgiven, Romans 8, 33 through 34, you are free from condemnation, Romans 8, 1, that you are a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that you are a heir with Christ, Romans 8, 17, that you have an inheritance in heaven, Colossians 1, 12. And finally, that nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 35 through 39. So again, I ask this question. Have you counted the cost? Following Jesus is not going to be easy. It will be hard. You will be tempted. You will suffer. And you might even die for the sake of following Jesus. But I just told you some of the promises of God that he has granted to us believers. Know that even though life on this earth will be hard, we have a personal God who has promised to be with us throughout it all. Let the end of verse 26 be an encouragement to you as you count the cost. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. If you have decided to follow Jesus, these promises are yours forever. And if you haven't decided to follow Jesus, these promises can be yours. Romans 10.9 If you confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus suffered. Jesus died all because of your sin, all because of my sin. And I want you to know that you have been bought with a price if you believe in Jesus. God takes sinful people, broken people who have rebelled against him and declared them righteous for his name's sake, all because he is loving and merciful. See that following Jesus will lead you to everlasting joy and peace, which can't be filled by the world. So Christians, I say to you, keep on. Be able to say what Paul said at the end of his life. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Don't turn away. Remember and know that all the things in this world are lost in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. And if you've received Christ this morning, or if you received Christ 50 years ago, if you follow Christ, you will serve him. You will serve him on the mission field, which is everywhere that you go. You will serve him in your, all of your relationships, proclaiming Christ as Lord. For if Jesus came to serve, we can do the same. For I tell you this, Christ is all we ever need, and he is all we should ever want. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you for the work that was done on the cross, Father. Thank you that you've done all of these things on our behalf, even though we are sinners and people in rebellion against you, God, that you still love us. I pray that we will see that following you is worth it. Your grace and your mercy, they cover us, Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, let us go out today and reflect on the cost of following Jesus. And let us proclaim that following Jesus is worth it. I ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? <clears throat> Josh, thank you for that reminder. I needed that. I feel like our church needed that. Amen. You know, um, in children's ministry, we've changed the way we give invitations uh, when we have a meeting. Um, it used to be we would say, hey, don't you want to go to heaven? Just think about all the great things you'll have as a Christian. Folks, are those benefits that we get from being a believer? Yes. But in Josh's message this morning needs to be the invitation for us to come and die. To deny yourself and to take up your cross and follow after me. Being a Christian is hard. It takes work. Suffering. But think about the alternative. Think about the alternative. To follow after my flesh, to follow after this world to follow after a devil that wants to sift you and ruin you, there's no comparison. And yes, this life is hard. Come and tell me that living life as a believer is easy. 
You can't. I want to give an invitation this morning where you're standing. What about you? Maybe there's someone here who came this morning who does not know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. Would everyone bow their heads for just a moment? If you're a believer, I want you to be praying for the person that may be in this room that's not. Simply ask this question. Ask it sincerely from your heart of hearts to God. This simple question, God, do I belong to you? What's the answer? If you do, then God is taking you back to a place. A place in your life where you were radically changed. Maybe it was your the bed in your bedroom. Maybe it was a pew in a church. Maybe it was on the side of the road in your car. And you realize this, you were a sinner and you needed Jesus Christ. He was the only way for you to be saved. And you poured your heart out to him and God changed you. If you don't have a recollection of that, because the Bible says we are changed you would know it. You would remember it. I'm not talking about the date. You would remember. And if you haven't had that experience in your life, I'm not trying to judge you. But can I say, maybe it hasn't happened. And maybe this morning, you've come here, maybe with a friend, or maybe you were invited, or you said, I'm going to get up and go to church today. And Josh has brought this message. God has spoken to your heart. And today, you know you need to make that decision. Can I encourage you right where you're standing with your eyes closed? I want you to pray to the Lord. Your prayer, not mine, but your prayer. To say something like this, God, I have made an absolute mess out of my life. I have tried to do it my way, and I'm done, God. Because I realized this morning the only way I'll be freed from this life of sin is to place my faith and my trust fully, grabbing on fully to you, God, to what Jesus has done on a cross, a cross that I deserved because of my sin. And right now, I trust in you with all my heart. I believe that Jesus paid the price for my sin. God, thank you for dying for me. Folks, if you're here this morning, you prayed that, someone in this room prayed that, you need to tell somebody. Maybe it's the person you came with. Maybe you want to come down in the service at the end when we sing in just a moment. You want to share that with me or with Josh. Josh will be down here too. And we can pray with you and help you start on this journey. The second part of this invitation is this. Have you taken your hand off the plow? It's easy to do. There are times in our lives when all of us probably do this. When we get our eyes fixed on the things of this world, and maybe this morning you say, God, I've taken my hand off the plow. I need to get back to work. I need to get back in your will. I need to serve you, God. To my last breath, I need to serve you. Is that you?
God, we thank you for this message. You know, sometimes the scripture is hard. It's difficult for us to hear. But God, we need to hear your truth. You will love us by telling us the truth. Even though it's hard to hear at times. And God, I pray that you would work through the power of your Holy Spirit today in this place. Move in people's hearts. Help them to respond. Be with us today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, you do as God instructs you. The front will be opened. I'll be down here. Kevin Knight will be here. Josh will be down here. If you have a need, we ask you to come. As Aaron leads us in worship, you come. Thank you.